Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Y'all ready to get a little political today? <laughs> Listen, I thought, <clears throat> had a great political joke all lined up for this morning. Then I realized that would be a real big mistake. <laughs> Uh, in, instead of making it making a joke, making it like today, I, I think it's appropriate that we we pray for our president today. Um, I, it doesn't matter what side of the, the aisle you're on. We are called to honor our leadership, and uh, and I am going to talk a little bit about politics today. Um, but but it has nothing to do with, with uh, which party you're on. But let's just pray. I just want to intercede um, and pray blessing on on our president, Father. I just pray, Father, uh, for President Trump. Father, his, his wife, Lord, as they are facing uh, this COVID, Father, I just pray you would heal them in the name of Jesus. Father, you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. Father, that you would speak to them and reveal Jesus Christ to them, Father. Lord, we as a body, we pray blessings on our leadership, Lord, and we, uh, we just praise the name of Jesus together. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, if that was hard for you, good. <laughs> We've got to stretch ourselves beyond our paradigms, and we need to be people of prayer. Amen? Um, like I said, I am going to talk a little bit about politics, but I don't want to get too far into the weeds with this one. Uh, and speaking of weeds, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, the weeds in our life. We, we've been in a series about soil, shift, soil sifters, soil sifter series, soil sifter series. Okay, Sister Susie, sisters, we can move on. We talked about the hard, the hard soil, tilling up that ground. We talked about the rocky soil and getting rid of the rocks in our lives. And today, we are going to talk about these weeds, specifically the thorns that come up. And, uh, and we're going to jump in there. And, and I, have you ever heard the expression, into the weeds, before? Like, oh, that conversation got a little too far into the weeds for me. Uh, that, this is an expression, uh, and the definition of that, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is concerned with small details, often when this prevents you from understanding what is important. I think that's pretty, pretty important for us to look at here as we get started. Being into the weeds means that you are overly concerned with small details, often when this prevents you from understanding what's important. We can put a pin in that and keep that in our minds as we move forward. Uh, but before we jump into the scripture again, ask yourself, this rhetorical question. Is there any part of your life that you've strayed a little too far into the weeds and you've allowed weeds to grow up and, and, and choke things out and be overly concerned about details that in the grand scheme of the kingdom aren't really that important? Just think about that as we read. We're jumping back into Mark 4, verses 13 through 20. We've read this several weeks now. This week, I thought we'd swap it up and change it up and pull out the New King James Version and read it a little fresh for us today. It says this. This is Jesus talking. Uh, he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes and immediately takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. 
Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now this is where we're going to focus today. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and become unfruitful. We'll stop there. Okay. We're looking at our own lives. We're looking at our own soil. What specifically did Jesus say are the thorns, the weeds in your life? Number one, he said, the cares of this world, right? The cares of this world. Number two, he said, the deceitfulness of riches. And then number three, the desire or lusts for other things. Desires for other things. And then he concluded by saying that what happens when any one of these three things get in your lives? He said, what happens to the word? It becomes unfruitful. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things make your life in that area unfruitful. We're going to take these one at a time, but for the most part, I'm going to focus on the cares of this world because I really feel like this is what the Holy Spirit is focusing on and what wants us to land on. Um, and honestly, there are so many cares of this world screaming for our attention. Am I right? In fact, every single day, every single week, it seems to be a brand new care that's being flaunted before us. Hey, hey, you should be concerned. Hey, care about this. Hey, you should be afraid. Hey, hey. And, and, and the cares of this world are being paraded in front of us every single day. And they're screaming for our affection and they're screaming for our attention. And so today, church, this is a wake-up call, a reality check, because the thorns... The cares of this world, I believe with so many of us, are choking out our fruitfulness, are causing us to just be barren trees. Yeah, we're in the garden, but we're, we have no fruit in our lives because of the cares of this world. I believe it's so important that we understand this and rake up to it a little bit. There's a lot of examples that we could use about what, what, uh, what cares of this world. I mean, we could go around and we could each share our cares and our burdens and, and all of these things. But specifically today, I am going to pick on, look, I got my USA 1976, excuse me, 1776. Got my Liberty pin here. I'm going to pick on politics a little bit today. Um, and, and the reason being is because right now, there's a giant care of this world being flown in your face every single day, every, every, every angle, right? I, I, it doesn't have to be politics. We could be talking about, we could be talking about a world pandemic. We could be talking about uh, financial collapse. We could be talking about housing prices. We could talk, you name it, sickness, whatever it is, the cares of this world. But today, we're going to specifically focus and go a little into the weeds on politics, so I have a rhetorical question for us, okay? I say rhetorical because we're not holding a campaign rally here today. But my rhetorical question for you is this. How much of your emotions, energy, mental processes, and, and the like have you spent on, on, on uh, the Trump-Biden election right now? 
Okay, this is rhetorical. How much, how much of your affection and attention have you put in that camp? Now, I'm not saying we should be not politically minded. Absolutely we should. But I want to, I want to uh, submit to you that if we're not careful, politics become a very deadly thorn in our garden. So the, the, the next rhetorical question is this. If Donald Trump wins the election in November, will your world come to an end? And when I say your world, I mean my emotional, like all of a sudden I have no, I'm hopeless. If Joe Biden wins the election in November, will you feel like, oh no, all hope is lost. Oh, it's the worst thing. I need a tub of ice cream. I'm moving to Canada if my, pol if the, my political uh, leader doesn't win. They don't want you, by the way. <laughs> but here's the deal. If you have answered yes to these questions, I just want to warn us, perhaps you've wandered a little too far into the weeds. Because hopelessness has no part in the kingdom of God. Don't get me wrong, and I, I'm going to say this now. I vote in every election. I, 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 I try my very best to be very informed. I try my best to pray about it. And then I make it a point to vote. I love my country. I bleed red, white, and blue. I was born here. I was raised here. I ain't going anywhere. But do you know that in 2016, the statistic I found was that 40% of Christians didn't bother to vote in the election. Okay? I think that's just nonsense. I believe that we, we have a responsibility and a duty as believers to vote. We, we, we have take, made it a point here where we've put something in the... I know how much you guys love the QR codes, Right? We can't hand out papers anymore, but QR code, it's something that takes your phone and puts you right to the website we want you to go to, right? That's how we get you to our website. You can, but we put it on, out in the foyer. You can hover over that QR code and click, and it'll take you right to the site where you can register to vote. We have another one. It's from myfaithvotes.com, and, and it will go there. You can click on there, and it will take you issue by issue. You can see it's not telling you which way to vote. It's just helping you be informed of what each political party says. It throws some scripture in there, too. And I'm not going to tell you to vote uh, for who, who to vote for, but I am going to tell you to vote. And I'm going to tell you that you better use the faith, your faith to vote. Your faith. If, it doesn't, if, that, if that's not the biggest part of why you're, oh, my, 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 my goodness. If I don't participate in this process, now it could be whatever process country you're in, but in our country, we have been given the great opportunity to, to let our voice be heard. It reminds me of, of this joke. It's a little story that, that I heard years ago. It's about this guy who was on, his, the whole community was flooding, and he was standing on the roof of his house, and he couldn't get away, and he starts to pray, Lord, save me. I don't want to drown. Save me. And, and, and a boat comes up. And the guy says, hop in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'll take you to safety. He's like, no, I'm praying and the Lord's going to save me. And the guy's like, okay. And he takes his boat off. This happens again. He's like, Lord, you got to save me. Another boat comes up. Hey, buddy, get in. I'll take you to safety. He's like, no, the Lord is going to save me. Happens a third time. 
Hop in, buddy. I'll, I'll take. No, I'm praying, and my God will save me. Well, the flood gets over his house. He drowns. He gets to heaven, and he's like, God, what was that all about? I prayed that you would save me. And God says, well, I sent you three boats, and you didn't bother to get in. <laughs> if you don't participate in the election process, this is, this is just an opportunity for you to let your voice be heard. I am telling you to vote. I'm asking you to vote. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to get informed. And then I want you to vote. Then beyond that, if you are experiencing hopelessness and anxiety and oh no, you might just be too far into the weeds. Here's the thing. And this is going to blow your minds. Some of you might think I'm a heretic for saying so. Again, I preface this, I love the United States of America, okay? Keep your rocks down for now. But I need you to understand, the United States of America is not the kingdom of God. Canada is close. No, Canada's not the kingdom of God either. We are ambassadors from another kingdom. A kingdom whose hope has no end. A kingdom who, 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 whose end, is, there's no ending to it. A king who is alive forevermore. And so if, if the, the worldly kingdom makes me, oh no, it's all over, I have got my eyes on the wrong prize and I've stopped understanding what the kingdom is. I love, my, my, I love the United States. But you know, there's also a lot of Babylon mixed into the United States now too. We're going to dissect all of that. But I also want to say this. If Jesus returned today, he would not run for the president of the United States. He wouldn't be a Republican. He wouldn't be a Democrat. He wouldn't be a Pharisee. He wouldn't be a Sadducee. You see, we, we, we're believing the same thing that they believed when he came 2,000 years ago. Oh, it's time for the kingdom. All right, Jesus, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And what did Jesus say to them? He said, yours is not to know the time, yours, but you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world, United States, Canada, Mexico, Jamaica. There's no borders in the kingdom of God. He's like, you're, I'm going to drop you there, and you're going to be my witnesses of a kingdom that's not of this world. We're like, but, but when are you going to be the king of Israel again? We, we, we try to politicize God and make him into our little box, and he's like, I've come for everyone. We are in this, oh, the best time in world history. We are in this, wit it's called the witness stage, where we are ambassadors of the king. We are ambassadors of the true kingdom of God. And we are to pray into heaven, from heaven. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where we are. That's our citizenship. And we've been put in these little flesh bodies in different parts of the world. And our job is to bring the kingdom with us and represent this is what the kingdom looks like. This is what the kingdom looks like. There is no prostitution in the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, I pray that this would be gone in the name of Jesus. There is no murder. There is no poverty. I pray these. I'm praying the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. 
I'm an ambassador to all political parties. And do you know, when I get too far out into the weeds, I'm getting my eyes off of the, king, the kingdom, and I'm getting it onto this kingdom, my fruitfulness diminishes. When Jesus stood before Pilate on the, on the day of his execution, he said this to him. He said, and this is in John chapter 18, verse 36. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. My kingdom's not of this world, he's saying. My kingdom is victorious, it is unending, it is powerful. And guess what? Oh yes, folks, there will be a day when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Where's my sopranos? I didn't hear it. This is straight out of Revelation, okay? So right now, we live, in this, we live in this time period where we are witnesses of an eternal kingdom. And there will come a day when Christ Jesus returns to earth and the kingdoms of this world, Canada, Australia, Jamaica, oh, you name it, will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This is straight out of the book of Revelation. If we were doing an end time study, I could walk, we'd walk you through it, but I want to read you this out of Revelation 11, chapter 11, verse 15. Here's who it is in context. This is what's just happened in the world, in the kingdoms of this world. There has been witnesses in Jerusalem, and they are, they are prophesying and telling the world, and they all are trying to kill him. No, nobody can kill these witnesses. After a time, finally, they die, and they lay in the street for, I believe, it's three days, and nobody dares to touch them. This is literally going to happen. After those days, they rise up from the dead, and the world is in awe and amazed. And then Jesus takes them to be in heaven. And that's when this, por this portion happens. We get in Revelation chapter 11, 15. It says this, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Yes, there will be a day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every king, every politician, every, all of us, we will bow before the maker and we will say, yes, you are my Lord, you are my Christ, you are the one, you are the only. But don't fall into the mistake that a government is going to lead you there. I love my government. I will, I, I, listen, I'm not diminishing that, but the kingdom of God will be robbed from you if you're so focused on the worldly governments. Because it, it, it's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power in the Holy Spirit. And if I'm not spending more time here in the kingdom, focusing on the presence of the Lord, if I'm not spending more time there than I am watching CNN or Fox News or getting overly informed, then I am going to miss it and the weeds will choke out my fruitfulness. I have got to be a person of the presence of the Holy Spirit, of the presence of Jesus Christ, because that's the only place power comes from. 
That's the only place that, that transforms anything. That will change the world. That will end, end all. It will end the suffering. It will end the slavery. It will end those things. Only the presence of God, only the true king can do it. Everything else, my wisdom, it's just nonsense unless I'm, unless I'm in the word, unless I'm with, with the Lord. And even then, I've got to go there to get the truth. I've got to go there to bring it with me. And then I can walk into every dark corner of society. And my battle is never against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. <laughs> I, 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 I was with Joe yesterday, and there was a huge Trump parade that went down the street here. And we were standing outside. And there was a, another car at the stop sign here. And he just had his thumb out like this. <laughs> and I just checked. I was just laughing. Like, democracy at its best. It was great. But the truth is, like, 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 if I hate you because you vote differently than me, I'm not thinking in the kingdom. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm in the weeds. I'm way out in the weeds. If I hate anybody because of how they voted. My, my, my battle's not against them. And what, what do the weeds do? What's my, what's my, what's, why are we in here? Why am I on earth? To produce fruit in keeping with Repentance to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to bring the kingdom of God with me. But if I'm so far out in the weeds, what happens to my fruitfulness? It's choked, it's gone. I'm just a barren tree in a garden. And the Lord has put you on planet earth into your neck of the woods, into your neck of the woods, into your job, into, to salt it up, to flavor it up, to love your neighbor as yourself, to pray for those who persecute you, to bring the kingdom. I see somebody who's crippled. I know there's no crippledness in heaven so I can pray it in. The kingdom of God. That's how you know what to pray for. Things that don't line up with what's happening in the kingdom of God. Oh, that doesn't line up. There's not, there's not that in heaven, so I'm going to pray against that here. I want to quickly run through something I think really illustrates this. Oh, Lord, help us. Folks, we'll never make, see the miraculous happen if we're looking for it in the kingdom of this world. i got to see it there first. And then I, oh, that's what he's doing. And then the blind eyes open, because I can't make the blind eyes open. Look at this. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse 5 through 6, we got Peter and his homies. They're in the boat, and, uh, and they've been out fishing all day, and they're expert fishermen, and they're coming in. It's just, we're done. And they see Jesus standing on there, on, on the shore, and he says, to throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Simon now we're going to read in verse 5 and 6. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Peter had fished his whole life. He knew when to call it quits for the day. The fish weren't biting. He was a professional. And Jesus, who was a carpenter by trade, not a fisherman, he says, hey, throw your nets on the other side. Any of us professionals? Anybody a professional at something out there? <laughs> Let's say you're a professional mechanic, right? And then uh, smart old Andy walks up to you, hey, you ought to try the spark plug new hickey. You'd be like, you're an idiot, right? 
But here's Peter, and he honors Jesus in such a way. Jesus wasn't a fisherman. And Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. And he's like, we've been at this all day. Nevertheless, at your word. It's your kingdom. You're the king. And they pull up, so the nets start breaking. Later we get Peter again, and this is, this is in Matthew 14. Peter's out there, the storm's happening, and they see Jesus walking to, him, walking to them on the water. And what does Peter say? They're afraid, they think they're going to die. And Jesus, uh, Peter calls out to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. What's he saying? At your word, I'll do it. And, and Jesus says, it's me, come. Peter gets out, and he walks on water because he's focused on the king of kings and the kingdom of God. And when, when he's focused on the kingdom of God, nothing's impossible. Did you know that physics, earthly physics, bow to the kingdom of God? That's why miracles can happen. That's why Peter could walk on water because physics didn't hold a candle to the kingdom of God. But the minute he starts being more concerned about the waves hitting his feet, and he's like, whoa, this actually shouldn't happen. The kingdoms of this world don't allow people to walk on water. That doesn't, he starts to sink. And what does Jesus say to him? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt my word? I, I, I want us to wake up. I want us to vote and be informed, but I do not want us to lose sleep and anxiety, to anxiety, to hopelessness, and to despair, because no matter who gets elected, Jesus is Lord, the kingdom has no end, and we are, we are ambassadors of it. Amen. To Babylon, we are ambassadors of it. To Canada, wherever you want to go, wherever God calls you, you're the ambassador of the kingdom of God. And that's where you find the answer, and that's where you find the power to see change on planet Earth, in the kingdoms of this Earth. Which kingdom are you more aware of? Are you more aware of the earthly, what's happening? Oh, are you more aware of the presence of God? Do you, are you meditating on the word? Are you spending time worshiping in your warfare? With, without, without, your, without your agenda, you're spending the time with the presence of God, and then you see what he's doing. You're like, yeah, I'll join you in that. Which kingdom are we focusing more on? Because spirit gives birth to spirit, and flesh gives birth to flesh. If I am only spending time focusing on the flesh and what's possible in the flesh, that's what's going to give birth in my life. But if I'm focusing on the spirit and what's, in, what, what's possible in the spirit and what's possible with Jesus, guess what fruit's going to produce in my life? You'll get what you focus on. So what do I do with these cares and anxieties? Because they're very real. We've all been hit upside the head with great, huge anxieties and cares and terrible things that have happened in this world and in our personal lives. What do I do? Well, Peter tells us what to do. He says this in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. I'm never going to tell you you won't feel anxiety and hopelessness and despair. I'm telling you what to do with it. You cast it on the Lord. But you don't do that by rehashing it with a thousand friends. You do that by looking at Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, you took that on the cross and I give it back to you. I don't receive that. I can't let this anxiety rob me of my peace, of my joy, of my hope. Because I'm not, an imba I'm not, I'm not a, a, a citizen of an earthly kingdom. I'm a citizen of a, a kingdom that has no end where there is no hopelessness. There is no anxiety. There is no despair. And so I walk in the joy of the Lord. I cast it on you. And that's what he did on the cross, right? His body was broken. He took it. So when I go to the kingdom, my anxiety, my hopelessness, 
gets put on the cross and destroyed as well. I want to quickly throw these last two, and Stephanie, I'll invite you to come up. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. I want to pull this weed really quickly. We could spend a whole sermon on this. The deceitfulness of riches. If you believe your life would be better with 10 cents more or a million dollars more, it's a lie. If you, if you, if you believe that when your ship comes in or when you finally get that pay raise or when you finally get that job or when you finally get a job, that's when it's all going to be, that's a lie. Riches are a weed. When I get rich, or then he says this, the desires for other things, right? The lusts for other things. I'll be happy when. This is this lie. This is a thorn that will destroy the fruitfulness in your life. I'll be happy when I finally finish high school. I'll be happy when I get married. Oh, it's going to be the best. I'll be happy when I, when I have kids. I'll be happy when my kids move out. <laughs> I'll be happy when I can retire and I don't have to go to that dumb job every day. I'll finally be happy. I'll be finally there. I'll be happy when I get my Jeep Wrangler Rubicon red with a four-wheel drive. It's a lie. It's a weed. It's a thorn. Now, I'm not saying have any of these things are bad. They're all great. But if I can't be happy and content driving, driving, driving my Ford Focus right now and I can't be fruitful now, I will absolutely not be fruitful when it compounds with better things. It's a lie. It's a weed. It's a root. It's a care of this world. You know, when I get to heaven, when I'm in the kingdom, I'll have so many Jeep Wranglers. I'm kidding. I'll have something better, I'm sure. But it won't matter to me, will it? So if it won't matter to me then, I shouldn't lose any sleep over it now. I can spend time in the kingdom. I am a, I'm an ambassador of a kingdom that has no end. No matter what comes my way, no matter who wins president, no matter who wins governor. And I want to say this, folks. On November the 8th, I don't, it, no matter who wins for president, we're throwing a party that Sunday here at church. We're, we're, unless it really drags out, then we'll wait till we find out who actually wins. I don't know how it'll all go down. But when we know who won the election for governor, for president, we are going to have a huge party here. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to bless that person by name. We're going to pray the kingdom of God over them, the wisdom of the Lord over them, the blessings of God on them, and, and, and we're going to celebrate in Jesus. Doesn't matter if your candidate wins, my candidate wins, I'm going to vote, and I, I, I know who I'm voting for. But my hope and my future isn't dependent on the outcome of my vote. I'm going to vote. I'm going to take part in it. I'm going to have opinions, but it's not going to rob me of my joy. It's not going to rob me of my love for anybody. Or my life will become unfruitful. 